You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And I am your host, Rick Franzi, and I promise you we have a great show planned for you today. Why, you ask? Because John Stark, CEO of Paratech, is our guest. John, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm excited to have you here. So let's get right into it. Uh, You've been with Paratech for seven years. Let's start by talking about the original motivation you had to join the firm. Well, so about eight years ago, so a year before I joined, I was uh, leading strategy and new technology for MFlex, which is an electronics company based in Irvine. And we came across this UK-based Paratech while looking for functional materials companies that we could partner with to make uh, user user interfaces most kind of both thinner and, and fundamentally easier to use. MFlex was really good at producing stuff Paratech had sort of a unique capability. So at that time, um, MFlex was going through some changes. And in one of my regular meetings with the CEO, he had said, you know, I thought he thought I would be good at running a startup, be a good startup CEO. And at the time, I took that as a compliment, but but kind of dismissed it. And then a little bit later, a couple of months later, um, our talks between MFlex and, and Paratech really went quiet. And what happened was, is Paratech was going into administration, which is the UK term for filing for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So the existing Paratech board um, really liked the the business model that we were were proposing through through, uh, MFlex. And uh, they they were looking for ways to recapitalize the company. And and so I was talking with the administrators. And ultimately, they were not able to, to kind of pull together the funding. But they did pass on my name to the new investors who just asked, you know, can can I just in one page summarize my thoughts on the value of the technology, propose a business model and maybe a business strategy for execution? Uh, he liked it. Uh, I then uh, a couple months later was in UK uh, and met with that lead investor for fish and chips in London and and just to discuss the main points of the strategy and, and had a really frank conversation about what it would take to make Paratech succeed. And within about 45 minutes, he asked me to be CEO. So it's interesting that within a few months of that initial comment, I joined Paratech uh, as the CEO with the main motivation being that I knew what it took to exploit Paratech's core technologies and some of the and solve some of the fundamental problems to kind of achieve the results that we wanted, as opposed to the goal of being a CEO. So when you were asked to put together your thoughts about you know business plan, marketing strategy, did you have any insight that maybe it was a early step in a job interview, or did you just do it as a courtesy to the company? Well, I thought that we would be able to kind of, um, well, a little bit of both, right? So okay. part of being a leader is I think that you... Um, you're responsible for sharing information and you never know who's going to share information back and you never know who you're going to work with. And, and with Paratech being one of those companies that possibly we'd partner with, or they could, if it was just sort of a simple restructuring, they didn't have much revenue on the books anyway. Um, I thought it would be a great idea. I, 
you know, you always have those ideas in the back of your mind, but it wasn't anything I thought of seriously. So what have you learned from the experience of how this transpired to get you to Paratech? Not since you've been to Paratech, but what'd you learn from that experience? I gotta say, the past seven years has been a continual learning experience. I'd say the only moments where I haven't been learning are the ones where I wasn't paying attention. Mm. But basically, if, if I could specific, talk about kind of two specific things, I would say um, maybe the power of solutions mindset over role mindset. Um, and and I, I got the position not because I wanted to be CEO, but because I wanted to solve the company's problems. Mm. I really thought that I could make a difference. And I was excited to make the company a success. And so I think my solutions mindset going into the company transcended this notion of um, becoming the title of CEO and made me open to doing whatever it takes to support the team in whatever functional role that is. And that could be anything from uh, strategist and facilitator to supporter to cheerleader to just bringing people mugs of tea and coffee and, and patting them on the back. Um, you know, and the other thing that I learned is that a, a company performs best when I show up as my best self to sort of mm. inspire people and then align and engage them and equip a great learning, growing team to achieve objectives. And, and so uh, what I would say is as a company trying to commercialize new nanomaterials and really hadn't done something, that we're doing something that hasn't been done before, that one thing that we really needed to be good at was learning. And we needed to make mistakes. We needed to give people permission to make mistakes. And culturally in the UK, that's a big deal. Hmm. So I would continually tell the team that we are in the mistake business. We need to be better, faster, and cheaper at making mistakes than our competition, than anybody. I wanted to be world-class mistake maker. Um, and we, we grew that over time. And so through that solutions mindset and those, that learning mindset, we came together and I think really have done what it takes to, to, uh, to succeed. So let's talk a little bit about the firm then. Um, what is it that Paratech does? What problems do they solve and how do they solve them? So it's interesting. So um, again, Paratech is a UK-based company and we have... Uh, a team of, of really creative scientists, creative engineers, problem solvers, and planners. And we're all on a mission to really make the, the human machine experience fundamentally more intuitive and useful for everyone on the planet. We're, we're really trying to democratize uh, using technology to do, to automate and improve people's livelihoods, both at home and at work. And, and so while we have a large contingent in the UK, we are 46 people spread across eight countries. Um, and and a part of that was by design and part of it was what we had to do to survive COVID. But we're structured in this way so we can efficiently work with design, manufacturing and supply chain functions of our customer base to, to really design in, mass produce and support our integrated hardware and software-based solution. So Paratech makes a nanoparticle ink. We then pattern that onto very thin films to make uh, pressure sensors thinner than a human hair. We then integrate that into existing electronics. We have, um, we use 
common uh, microcontrollers and, and other IC, and we create custom firmware to drive those uh, this uh, signal that we get from our sensors. And then we create user experience software that sits in the background of the applications that sit on, say, anything from a PC to a uh, very simple electronics, even a handheld drill, and make that user interaction fundamentally better. And obviously, when you're using a computer, that's a fundamentally different thing because you're using different applications. We're on a drill. You just want to be able to put it in your hand, be able to squeeze at variable pressure. Um, the grip is not too big, and you don't have to work too hard. Your fingers don't get tired, and the battery doesn't die. And so these are the kinds of things that we're solving to make electronics fundamentally more accessible, usable for, for folks. And okay. so, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't wait any longer. I had to, I had yeah, to jump please. in. Um, so you joined the company after it had been operating for a while, albeit not as successfully as it is now. But was this the uh, brain trust or idea of an engineer somewhere? Or what was the origin back to the original founders of Paratech? So the original founders of Paratech, I think they, they stumbled on a phenomenon in, uh, in quantum tunneling uh, back in 1996. And right around the turn of the century, he started a company and... Um, was trying to find ways to license and commercialize this uh, this nanoparticle material he had um, he had sort of stumbled upon, and uh, so he had some ideas about how that might work, but had no idea how to implement it in electronics. And the challenge is, neither do electronics companies. Mm. They're so busy. Right. Each product that you get has to have so many different inventions and innovations to be relevant, to be to stay competitive, that they can't possibly develop all of these different ideas. They they really rely on outside technology companies. It's why mm -hmm. it's the market is so ripe for startups, because you need companies that are continually driving with a sole passion of, of creating new ideas and new value. And, um, and so he didn't really understand how to leverage what was the potential. The thing that we did was we added intelligence to the material. So the material does something that other materials can't do. That's great. But how do you turn that into something that mimics uh, tactile sensing like human skin does? and provide that to a computer the way our nervous system does and make it valuable to humanity the way a sense of touch and feel does. And that's what we're doing to electronics. That's the piece that he missed. That's the, that's the brainchild part that he wasn't bringing to the table. So since you've been there seven years as the CEO, have you had major or minor pivots to the business model, John? Well, so, right. So what we're talking about here is we made a major pivot to the business model. Instead okay. of a materials and, and technology licensing company, we were really creating uh, electronics uh, solutions that, that companies could buy uh, a module and, a, uh, and download software, or it would be preloaded into their device and, um, 
that's off and, and running. So they didn't have to come up with all those little bits in the supply chain to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and of course, you know, what, we, what I learned at MFlex was, while our tech, we could see a lot of technology working, uh, we needed to make sure that the electronics companies, the OEMs of the world, um, the, say the, the Apples, the, the Samsungs, the, the Lenovo's, um, uh, the Nokia's were able to, um, to ingest that technology into their product at the pace of their, their product development life cycle. So, uh, and then the last bit was, um, was the pivot was in the business model was creating revolutionary user experiences by adding the software and firmware component to it. Um, so you talk yeah, about yeah, a, a lot of different applications, uh, technology, consumer products. Where are you finding globally that Paratech solutions are getting the most acceptance and adoption? So um, where we're finding is uh, first and foremost in gaming. Gaming now is something where you're doing literally real-time programming. If you're pressing one key 15 times a second versus seven times a second, you're telling a computer a different set of instructions or you're pressing key combinations. It's not like you press on something harder, you move faster. You, you, you twist something harder, you turn faster. Um, so these are sort of the more tactile, intuitive things that we do as human beings. And we're bringing that tactility and simplicity mm. back to, to functional things that we do because most of the functional things that we do today have this layer of electronics interface where you have to do real-time programming uh, to get them to work as opposed to turning a wheel on a steering wheel or pressing on a gas pedal. You can feel I'm pressing harder. I'm pressing softer um, versus pressing a button 37 times a second or 32 times a second. And uh, so th that just inherently is more intuitive. Um, but uh, it's, it's moving into places like automotive, industrial controls, um, even into prosthetics. Because if your prosthetic hand is an electronic hand, it's an interface and you need to have it act like a human. Um, uh, you need to have the human component to it, uh, to it, to, for it to be usable, um, to connect to say your nerve endings. And so while we're not doing the electronics part of that, we definitely helped with creating a sensing element that, um, that is usable because it acts like human skin. These are fascinating. Um, I, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm trying to imagine the sales pitch too, and the customer acquisition uh, opportunities that you, you face, you know, globally. Because many of the kind of names that you've mentioned, you almost have to be in, you know, eight different countries or whatever, because that's where the clients are. The different decision making. I imagine that's a part of why Paratech had built a. A global structure for your employees that isn't all housed just in London or in Southern California. Right. Yeah. And I think the important thing with that in, in terms of sales is determining what not to say, because there's so much. If, if something can do everything, depending on how you configure it, 
Is it too complicated? What does it need to be for each application? And to be able to have a, a sales proposition and a workflow that allows us to do that quickly and efficiently and remove all of that uncertainty and doubt that people have about the technology and see that through actual data, through actual experience is really making that as fast as possible. So not only do we have to change our learning cycles, but we have to change our customers' learning cycles for us to succeed. So I'm going to ask you a, a tough question. Over the <laughs> time that you've been there, have you found the business model that is the scalable business that you're now adding to? Have you been able to put that into place for Paratech? Yes. And it's interesting because it came out of COVID. Wow. Right. With COVID, we were building into uh, smartphones and it was a very hands-on experience with our customers. We were working with them hand in hand in their offices four and five days a week and co-designing in our technology. And we were about 80 to 90 percent there uh, when COVID hit. And we're talking about business plans and revenue plans for by the, the end of 2020. And it was really exciting. And when COVID hit, um, the, the, the customers went silent and the business opportunity in our forecast just evaporated. And so we realized that what we had to do was make, we had to be able to do, implement our technology from a distance. And we had to be able to make that, um, we had to do that more effectively and efficiently. And so we've designed uh, tools to make the design so much faster so we don't have to, we don't have to build as as much prototypes we don't need to co-design together we're, we're using collaboration tools and even simulation and ai to design our product we, and, you are and, and, yeah so we're taking something that used to take 10 people three months two people 14 days we talked in the pre-show about the book, A Beautiful Constraint, and how sometimes companies can find when something is taken away from them, the opportunity is for a brighter future. It sounds, John, like that example is a perfect example of a beautiful constraint. Yes. And actually, it's like we talked about, it's, uh, it's one of those great mindsets that when you really look at the, the challenges a little bit differently, um, where the challenges really come into place was, is telling scientists to do that from a fundamental perspective. But then you have the scientist that comes to you and says, if you think of all the permutations just in our sensing element alone that will affect performance, and you do all those combinations together, the, co the number of combinations is a couple of orders of magnitude greater than there are, than there are of atoms in the universe. <laughs> so when you're talking about complexity, right. I mean, that was the most complex thing I'd ever heard, right? Saying, comparing our problems to the number of atoms in the universe. And so um, what we needed to do was figure out which ones we should care about and which ones we shouldn't. And how do we do that as human beings when we can only really comprehend a handful of those, uh, those constraints at a time? And that's where we used AI. And then what AI did was allowed us to make very clear what are the few constraints we really needed to um, to think about in a novel way. Interesting. It's really exciting. This is what happened over the past year and a half, and it's fundamentally transformed our company. 
many people have COVID related stories. Yours is a great one because it inspired an opportunity. And I think for a lot of people, it has re uh, given them a new opportunity to think about things that they've taken for granted, like where do I go to work? I mean, some basic questions are being really thought of differently now by virtue of necessity is the mother of invention, right? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so where do you go, John, uh, when you're not heads down, uh, working hard, leading your organization to get other entrepreneurs insights and experiences that you're finding that will help you stay ahead of your competition and then to grow Paratech? Um, you know, I, I network globally with people kind of across um, across industries at events, leadership groups, uh, both here and, and in the UK, uh, I found that uh, the venture capital um, uh, is really good at creating introductions. And so I'm looking for lots of different places to, to find uh, inspiration and to learn from people. And it's at all levels at uh, companies. And I think I was saying this a little bit before, which is I find that that great leaders at, at any level or at any industry are willing to share their insights. So to me, it's a matter of being a valuable partner in that larger organic learning collective that we're finding in business. Um, and then the other thing is just dedicating a portion of every day to learning something. Mm -hmm. Capture that in notes and, and do that not only in the way of what I learned, how that information is useful, and who else might benefit from knowing it if they don't already? And so it really prepares me to have that next conversation with people. That's a best practice there, John, not only to learn it for yourself, but to document it and share it. Thank you for giving us a nugget here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show, my friend. It's my pleasure. And I'll, I have to give uh, Charlie Munger some credit for that because sure. I really uh, picked up a lot of that from, from reading uh, um, his ideas about knowledge. Fantastic. Uh, good role model. Let's look to tomorrow, uh, not literally, but the future. What is the future for Paratech, do you see? Well, I think we're, we, we're going to continue and scale along the path that we have. So continue to make inroads into gaming consumer, uh, consumer electronics and then toward automotive and other controls. Uh, you know, essentially anywhere we can improve the digital interfaces that are proliferating across mm -hmm. electronics devices. And, and really the end goal is to uh, create value by democratizing the utility and value of electronics um, while minimizing the footprint of, of, of electronics devices on the planet. And I think of that if we can do that, we have a lot of different options on where we can go as a company. Well, we'll have to have you back at some point in the future so you can report out on how that is uh, going. If someone would like to learn more about you, maybe connect with you on LinkedIn or learn more about the firm Paratech, where do you suggest they go? So uh, please connect with us on uh, at paratech.com, P-E-R-A-T-E-C-H.com. And then also feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I love catching up with people, sharing insights and learning. And, um, and so it's uh, linkedin.com forward slash in uh, forward slash uh, Stark John, S-T-A-R-K-J-O-N, all one word. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us here today, and I've enjoyed uh, our conversation. Thanks for being a friend of the program and a part of our community. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for sharing your time and insights as well. 
Thank you. All right. To our audience, you've been a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. John's episode was episode number 1,350. If you're a fellow Orange County entrepreneur and would like to tell your story, then let's connect on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Rick Franzi, R-A-C-F-R-A-N-Z-I. Coincidentally, that is my website as well, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.